0: Welcome back to Baytown Engage. Today I have with us the most important people probably in the world, in the city of Baytown. Right? No? No? Yeah?
1: Yeah. I guess some (laughs) could agree to that, yes.
0: (laughs) Right now, between June and November, y'all are the most important people in the world. (laughs) I have with me today Jamie Galloway, the Emergency Management Coordinator, and David Alamia.
1: Alamia. Alamia. Alamia, That's
2: great.
0: (laughs) The Deputy Emergency Management Coordinator. Welcome. Welcome, EOC people. Yes. Right, right. So I, I don't think
2: I've heard it put that way, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when your emails come through, oh EOC people are emailing me. So welcome to the show. It is so important to talk to all both of you because we're in Texas and clearly our weather is ridiculous. And when we have hurricane season, storm season, the build up I think it's even before June. It's like what? January. It's <laughs> it's already happening. So before we get into all of that and what you both do, David, tell me your journey to Baytown.
1: I've been here approximately two years and eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. I originally started in emergency management, actually at a university where I was going to school to help pay for college. And so my entire career has been in some form or fashion in emergency management. So in higher education, I went on to work in hospitals, worked here in the medical center here in the Houston area. And then uh, prior to Baytown, was at Harris County Office of Emergency Management and then transitioned over here whenever I was given the opportunity to serve as the deputy EMC.
0: So you love disasters. You just love high pressure work environments, basically. Well, was
1: (laughs) it the original plan, <laughs> but uh, it seemed like the disasters followed, so it, it was job so security. So, is it your
0: fault that everything's been happening? <laughs> Thank, Jamie's nodding his head. So, David, you brought it all? You know. Okay, we'll talk about that later on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, Jamie, what's your journey to Baytown?
2: Well, I've been around the Baytown area just about all my life. I grew up in Highlands. I started out as a volunteer fireman when I was 16 mm-hmm. and did that. Then I uh, moved to Liberty County and, and worked for the county EMS for a few years and then left there and went to work for the Liberty Fire Department. I worked there for 20 years. And then as I progressed through the ranks, I was named assistant merchant management coordinator and then promoted to the chief in 93 and served there until 2004. So stayed there, I retired, and then took the fire chief and merchant management position at the city of Webster. Was there about three and a half, four years, and then went to director of merchant services in League City for a couple of years, retired again, and nice. then went to city of Nassau Bay where I did a merchant management for about 10 years and then came to Baytown. So and you I- just
0: circled the the whole, you know, flood area Oh yeah. okay. gold <laughs> Coast area. Of the, Coast area. It, it,
2: actually, July 2nd would be my third year here, here in Baytown.
0: Well, welcome. So you brought it as well. So clearly... No, actually it, not. <laughs>
2: it wasn't until it a You made the rounds, Jamie. You made the rounds. It was actually November that when David came on board. My start date.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when all heck Brooklyn's, right? So welcome. You two and your whole entire department, mm-hmm. however big that may be, I only see the two of you. So it's just the that's two is. of you. That's two it. Us, yes. But that's a heavy low. It's a big, important job because we're relying on you to keep us informed on what's coming, what we need to do, what's next, not just for the citizens, but for the employees, the staff, because we have to help as well. So tell us a little bit about the ins and outs of working in emergency management services. Well,
2: you know, we plan for all hazards, everything, mm-hmm. pretty much, and that's pretty been pretty evident over the last two years. And then we do the planning and we're doing training and we do things with staff that will be staffing the emergency operations center over there off of Main Street. So it's, it's a continuous cycle of everything we do and you think a lot of folks just think that it's you respond to the incident or the event Mm -hmm. it's more to that we have to do the planning side of it to meet the federal state and federal guidelines then the real work starts when you get into the recovery phase and we're many uh, disasters we had last year we were getting a lot of them cleaned up and closed out but we still have a lot of uh, recovery paperwork on the table and that's just on the city side right then we look at things that you know the the residents will be dealing with DBG, individual assistance and those type of things. So we're we're having to do that. We had to plan for evacuations for functional needs. We're working with the medical community on our, our facilities on different types of planning and, and those type of things. So it's continuous cycling for two people. It's a lot of work.
0: It, so how do you two manage it with just the two of you?
2: It's okay as long as nothing's blown
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> we so, divide and conquer really it's a right. team effort and so we we bring different areas of expertise. Jamie's more focused on response and operations and so he leads and spearheads that effort. Mm-hmm. And that allows me and gives me time to focus more on our planning and resilience aspects of, uh, of emergency management. So really as a team effort within our own shop, but then the way we really conquer and divide is we bring in our other city departments and they're really the subject matters of uh, emergency management. Mm-hmm. They are our SMEs, our subject matter experts, and they can bring in their assets, their personnel, their resources to bear on whatever problem we bring. And so it's a whole effort of the entire community to help us manage our emergency management program. Absolutely.
0: When I get the email like, "Oh, I have to go to a training for the phone bank." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But people tend to think it's only like weather related and it's uh-huh. not. Uh-huh. So, when you too, cuz that's that's the department, mm-hmm. get the spill, the explosion, the heat advisory beyond the weather. So let's talk about what all, a snippet of all the emergency things that you take care of.
2: Usually if we have some type of chemical, and we'll just say chemical release and just give it a broad terminology there, is we'll get an email or text message to the the CARE system, which is the chemical manufacturers and everybody's a member of We'll get that brief notification first. And if it's something else going on, I will get a call from somebody from Exxon or somebody from Chevron or Convestro, and we're talking back and forth or some other facilities here not only they have they talked to me but they have already talked more than likely the city manager and the mayor and we assess it real quick and we start doing things and start putting our, our steps in motion at the EOC. An example would be a couple of years ago when I guess it was a couple of years ago times flown over there The last two years with the incident we had at uh, one of the facilities I believe is Exxon BOP. We got the calls, we started pushing, we activated our siren system, we issued a shelter in place and we started doing some other things all within mm-hmm. 10 minutes and that was just us David and myself pushing that until other folks that worked the EOC started filtering in and we started signing those
0: positions. So how stressful is it for you daily like right now with the weather ramping up? Because I can think back recently, Harvey, which was, we're still dealing with residual with that and then these storms. There was a past two years been back to back mm-hmm. to back. Has it been the most difficult time for you lately for the past two, three years, a year? Or has it just been every day is a usual thing? You
2: know, hurricane season last year was busy. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. We fortunately basically dodged the bullet Really. Right. But on top of all that, we're still working the paperwork and all the projects left over from Hurricane Harvey that we're working with FEMA and the state on for recovery. And with that, David and I both went to the National Hurricane Conference last week in New Orleans. So when I was coming back, I took the coast road through Louisiana and came back up through Grand Chenier and Holly Beach and looked where all those storms hit last year. Yeah. There's nothing there. Right. And we had that on top of everything we're already doing. Yeah, it would really be stressful. Louisiana.
0: Louisiana got hit and they got hit. And it yeah. was like, what's happening? And, and it's a sigh of relief for us, but our neighbors were getting oh, yeah. hit. Exactly.
2: And even yeah. even far into East Texas, into the Orange area and up into the East Texas area, Jasper Newton counties, as those things went up through there, too. So, you know, all disasters under the National Response Plan, all disasters are a local issue, right. is the way it's worded. But if you look at it that way, we all have to understand, especially when it comes to the supply chain, part of it is Hurricane Harvey, for example. Yeah, Baytown got hit pretty hard, 60-plus inches of rain flood. Flooded, but harvey affected over 15,000 square miles of texas and louisiana so that that's a vast geographical area that impacted folks right. it just wasn't coastal you know we had things all the way up two or three counties inland up towards travis county that were that were impacted that that uh, you know it delays resources it delays the recovery process
0: so is it what it's, it's safe to say you're in baytown so you take care of baytown mm-hmm. right but what's the communication like with other cities and counties how's that work
2: well we have a good working relationship with all the coordinators in cities on the southeast side. Of course, I do because I work for all of them. <laughs> it seems like because you
0: brought the storms here, Jamie. <laughs> so <I'm> saying,
2: <laughs> but you know, I still have a lot of contacts all the way when I was in Liberty, all the way in the East Texas and the Beaumont area, and those places as well. So I communicate with those folks. We have good working relationships with all of you know, and especially it's kind of a little bit different for us since we lie in two counties. Mm. So we're ex- mm. we're having to work a lot with uh, the officials in Chambers County, and then we're working uh, now that Mont is doing some things. We're working with their emergency management staff in Mont Bellevue to do things.
0: So it's almost like a team effort mm-hmm. to get because they didn't really have anything like that for the longest, right? So they relied right. on us quite a bit.
2: And then, you know, down south, we'll, the southeast group, Seabrook, LaPorte, Morgans Point, Deer Park, Pasadena, Nassau Bay, and Taylor Lake Village, we all meet Absolutely. at least once a quarter. Well, we were meeting once a quarter <laughs> before COVID. Yeah. But now we're getting back into that and we're, we're meeting. We all sit down and talked about things last week when we ran across each other at the Hurricane Conference.
0: Preparing yourself. So, your day starts at eight o'clock in the morning well probably not earlier than that and you're constantly looking (laughs) three o'clock in the morning No. and what is it like for your day when you come in and i know in the in the office i've seen the plethora of televisions that have different things going on so what does it feel like every day
2: well the first time i get it to the office because that's my quiet time to get things done in office i get there probably 30 an hour sometimes before david does but i'm looking at this time of year i'll log in to my computer i look at our weather system i look at the local houston Galveston weather service stuff i look at the national hurricane center then i look at other websites especially right now like this morning we have two systems out there that we're tracking yeah one off the east coast and one out in the atlantic and so those very well could be named storms four and five here yeah. pretty soon so those are things we'll look at then i look go back and then i start looking at where we're at where we're, we are at on COVID. if we're oh. increasing mm-hmm. anything right now look at some of those statistical numbers and we're pretty comfortable with that right now now and then after that um, it depends on how many emails i had from fema the evening before (laughs) is i'll go in and i'll look and and start tracking some of our grant information that's in the fema portal Mm -hmm. for disaster recovery and then some of the requests that we have made for reimbursements with the state system so i'm looking at those two different websites they match for them but they don't match for us right so we actually have to look at two different portals to look and track some of our projects
0: so explain to me and all of us what are you looking at when it comes to covid with everything just looking
2: for trends Okay. Are, we, are we increasing back on our positivity rate? Mm-hmm. Or how many current cases do we have inside this? That's what I'm looking at the most. Okay. And, you know, some of this, and we look at it overall from the county because what it's going doing geographically is going to determine whether or not that level comes down on, on the county's graph. Okay.
0: Because also if we need help with that, you kick in the gear for that yeah. as well. And
2: like we that. did all that last year, especially, you know, well, last year with everything going on, we were doing a lot of work with other departments, EMS, and right. in, in our purchasing folks mm-hmm. on procuring uh, personal protective equipment for our responders and working a lot of those things we were doing re- resource requests with Harris County going to Houston picking up our resources and-
0: so I don't think people even realize even though it's emergency management it's everything not it's just it's weather hazards. or disasters oh, yeah. any kind of hazard so to make sure we're protected you're looking at those numbers and say what do we need and supply wise so David because you're not yes. going to sit here quiet and I'm going to let you Right. so when it comes to preparing ourselves for let's say right now we're in hurricane season mm-hmm. storm season what do we do to prepare ourselves? What do we need to do to get ready for that?
1: Well, in terms of uh, residents, they can always uh, take some steps to prepare themselves. The first thing I would always recommend to any resident in the city of Baytown is to register for our SWIFT 911 mass notification system. Mm -hmm. So if they go to baytown.org under public safety, they go to the fire department's website, we have our notification system. They can register online. They can look for it in their uh, Apple Store or Google Store on their Android phone and download the application and register uh, their mobile device will. So that's the first step, and that's the reason we uh, recommend that is because that is how we communicate to our residents mm-hmm. and our citizens in Baytown, and to give them the emergency notifications that are specific to our geographic area. The next thing they can always do is to prepare themselves by preparing a kit. So making sure they're ready. Traditionally we always used to say three days. Make sure you have enough supplies, food, water, and whatever you need to prepare yourself for three days. Mm-hmm. We're now recommending at least seven days. Oh And that's because okay. of the, the extent of disaster that we see right. the prolonged disasters we just survived the winter storm mm. um, which, w- which was a, a week long event
0: it was. And yeah.
1: so we recommend everyone to be prepared up to at least seven days to sustain themselves. And those are some of the steps that individuals can take to pre- prepare themselves. The other thing is to have a plan. Make sure that you know where you're going to go if we need to evacuate. Um, we live in a coastal community. We're surrounded by waters. And we have to make sure that our, our residents are prepared to evacuate the local area. So that may involve going to San Antonio, to Austin, to North Texas, wherever it may be. Heading make sure north. you have a communications plan mm-hmm. in place and you know where you're going to go if we need to evacuate.
0: So let me ask you, I know I lived in Louisiana for a little while and they had the whole counterflow thing that happened mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. before Katrina. Do we have that here, the counterflow? And what is, what would have to happen to put that in action where you're making us do counterflow? It
1: would have to be a catastrophic uh, hurricane. Right. But it is something that has been practiced in the past, something that we discuss every year in hurricane season. So it's a, a going to be really a state decision in terms of counterflow because it's going to require us to uh, reverse all of our state highway system. Right. And so those plans are in place they're identified. If residents are interested in learning more about ContraFlow and how that will work, they can always visit HGAC's website, mm-hmm. and HGAC has the ContraFlow plans posted there for every interstate highway.
0: I think we did it first for Hurricane Ike, mm-hmm. because I moved back, and then, because Rita was before Ike, that hit Beaumont in that area. <clears throat> and then I was like, okay, we're going to hit 45 and go, the Beltway, and it was shut down. I didn't even know. like, what happened? And they were like, nope. I was like, what? no, I'm stuck on that. Yeah, <laughs> the ContraFlow fight's
2: in our area are basically I-10 westbound. Mm-hmm. That's right before you get to Brookshire. Right. And then I-45 Conroe, a little north Conroe now. I-59, which is farther up. I think it's almost probably Huntsville or farther up. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in East Texas, you have I-69 running up out of the Beaumont area, and that's the other
0: one. Yeah, I don't like counterflow at all. <laughs> <So> and, now- <laughs> and, and, and it's something that just
2: doesn't happen. Right. I mean, like yes. David says, it's got to be catastrophic. Right. It's something on the radar or something that the state's seeing. It's, it's labor-intensive and equipment intensive, they have to switch all that around.
0: And r- many unhappy people. And
2: and also with that, you know, the, and it's been a trend here the last couple of years or so, is even though we may be seeing a Category 1 or so offshore, we're getting a lot of rapid <laughs> intensification as they're making landfall. And th- so we're seeing a 2 or 3, just like Claudette. It was a depression and then it became a storm. And then it, you know, it became a storm actually over land mm-hmm. just recently. So th- we're seeing a lot of rapid intensification just offshore. And we can have the same instance if we just have a spot out in the Gulf, some of the previous storms. Mm-hmm. Harvey, Rita. Rita was actually sitting offshore as a Category 5. Yeah, I
0: remember. I remember yeah.
2: That.
1: Tr- traditionally, when we talk about hurricane planning, we always talk about a timeline. Yeah. where We have at least 120 hours to prepare ourselves to implement those evacuation plans, to implement uh, contraflow if that's needed, mm-hmm. um, to really give us some time to assess the situation. But as Jamie mentioned, we're seeing more rapid intensification. And really what that is doing is cutting our timeline down to make those critical decisions so we're looking really more at 48 to 36 hours now to where we're having to make decisions on whether or not less. Evacuate. That's a
0: major cut. Yeah. It is a major My cut. My math it skills aren't great, cut. but I can tell that's a major yeah, cut. We're going to be looking because
2: the plans that are in place now is basically when you pull your evacuation for your zip zone is to have them out of there within a certain period of time. Baytown, we want everybody out here to a safe location within 38 hours. Right. So if we get something out there that crops up like we've had with Humberto and some other ones in the past, okay, we have a depression out here 12 hours later we're sitting out here with a category 2 storm where we, we look at our, our planning tools HURVAC and those type of things we should evacuate it 12 hours ago because it depends on the forward speed mm-hmm. of the storm how big it is how's that affecting going to be affecting storm surge so
0: and it all happens like within happen overnight quick. so right now okay it's a new year we still have COVID lingering and still determining mm-hmm. how many storms are y'all seeing <laughs>
2: like, well we've already had three named storms and probably first month probably yeah, <laughs> probably have five by the end of the week. So uh, I think the Hurricane Center was estimating another this year 21, 6 to 8 major storms. And a major storm is a Category 3 or higher. So we're back in that cycle again. My but the last year was the business where we actually almost went through the entire Greek alphabet. So
0: It was a busy year, wasn't it? It really was. And with the ice storm, which was probably like, what's happening? <laughs> and, and, and that's
2: another... <laughs> what is this? That's another weird thing. <laughs> it seems like we, uh, every time we have a hurricane hit close to us or on us, the following winter we have ice or snow.
0: That's true. You yeah, know,
1: nothing in emergency management surprises us anymore. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, since so nothing shocks you. We've been here about three years, roughly. Jamie and I, uh-huh. and uh, I think we've seen about everything. We've seen yeah, an Amazon plane crash in Chambers yeah. County. Oh my God! Yeah, we've seen yes. people um, jumping off of bridges for protest, environmental protest. We've had um, chemical incidences at several plants, and then the weather. You know, flooding. So there's a, there's a multitude of disasters that we handle and that we we try to manage to the best of our ability. The
0: two of you are managing.
1: Yes but we again yeah. it's a team effort yeah. because it requires yeah. our departments to come in yeah. and they help us You still us have to coordinate
0: it though you still have to yeah, be we, we, we're relying on you to coordinate it and say, tell me where you need me to be exactly. that kind of thing And we bring exactly.
2: you know we're bringing people into the EOC from different departments to work different aspects of that and then we have our city administration which we set their room up there for their what's called the multi-agency coordination the administration group now mm-hmm. uh, We've reformed a lot of things in the EOC operations mm-hmm. to meet the new standard that came out for National instrument Management System systems related to emergency operations centers, and we tried that model. We started that model two years ago Yes, sir. after we did the mm-hmm. training, and it, it's it's working really well. That's so, good. But well, we, you know, COVID kind of yeah. because we were doing some limited activations, and after every time we activate, we do a, a uh, after action review and build on our lessons learned. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the TVs. We
1: we've, we've done a lot of upgrades to our right. technology at ELC really So we worked with um, our IT department to purchase new computers. We um, applied to a federal grant. The Urban security initiative and secured grant funding to help us make these technology upgrades. So we have a new GIS plotter, new televisions to help us display the various amounts of information we have to decipher. Mm-hmm. A, a whole new multitude of, of technology that we have at our disposal to help our departments come together and make the right decisions to help the most amount of people that we can.
0: I think it's great. I think people don't realize outside of the city employees how much <laughs> the two of you do and there's the, it's the only really the two of you and then you just disperse and and we mm-hmm. help, tell us where you need us to be? And it's a thankless job. I don't think anyone really realizes all. I didn't realize until right now that every disaster, whatever disaster it may be, you are coordinating and making sure it's taken care of. So thank you for that. So what would you like people to know that they may not know about your department, that they need to know? This is your time to get them flowers from all of us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, we're always watching what's going on. That's the biggest thing. I mean, we see things Whether, it's as we say, all hazards. If we see something a trends nationwide or in our area, we'll monitor that to see how that may affect us. So we're always watching. I mean, just even over the weekend, how many weather reports I review, how many chemical alerts that came out from other chemical facilities south of us down on the ship channel, and and looking at other things, responding to FEMA emails I'm not real fond of. <laughs> so... Well, what were you doing this weekend? FEMA and yeah, fishing. Much. So, I mean, you know, so it, it's kind of learned that, okay, I responded to this stuff that Friday morning, but I bet he doesn't respond back to me till 4.30 on a Friday, and yep, that's what happens. So, but, you know, that we're always monitoring things, and we're always watching. We don't do a call system for emergency management. We're pretty much watching it 24-7. Right. So, even when I'm on vacation, I was out at my place in the Hill Country. On vacation, we had a lot of things going on. I was still logging into. David was running the shop, but I was still logging into the the webinars and those type of things because I know my phone's going to ring from somebody at city administration.
0: It's because emergency management never stops. Right. Exactly. You're coordinating nonstop, even right. on vacation, trying to go fish, and yes, you're like, let me see what's going on for you, David. What is it? What do you think we should know that people don't realize?
1: I think one of the things they may not realize right now, um, you know, COVID-19 slowed a lot of our community outreach efforts. We do have a program called the Community Emergency Response Team, a CERT program. That is something we're looking at reestablish in in a few months and that's really where people can get involved they can become a force multiplier and help us as a professionals in emergency management and then our personnel within the city uh, departments they can come in and help us whether it's evacuation it's helping out at the hubs it's helping out during shelter operations and they learn a skill set so we go through different modules of disaster preparedness uh, medical uh, basic first aid and medical treatment so they learn a lot but then they can give back to the community as well I think that's um, one of the big is that about emergency management we really aren't the responders the boots on the ground per se you know like our firefighters and our police officers but we are the coordinators we're the conveners and that's our biggest uh, asset is we can bring together a group of different people and then we can bring that collaboration and that effort together to serve our community you know, during a time of disaster so if you're interested go to our website and register for our next cert class
0: Well look at that. That's a nice way to end Mm -hmm. the interview. Look at you didn't want to talk and you're just giving me all this good
2: information. (laughs) And David just Touched on the CERT training. We, uh-huh. we also have rescheduled a bunch of incident command training and, oh, okay. and other required training, not only for C employees, but the state has come up with a different aspect. We can do some virtual training, and Dave and I are both instructors in that. And we have five courses listed. Yes. Our virtual courses filled up within a week, nice. and we have people nationwide that will be attending those virtual.
0: And it's all going to be on, it's all on the website? Yes, yes, okay. we can have that posted. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, I want to say thank you, David. Thank you, Jamie, for mm-hmm. coming in, because I know your your job is 24-7. Clearly it is. So thank you for coming in and give us a little bit more insight into what you do. I know many of us have no idea how big the coordinator part of it is and what you have to do when it's a nonstop, any disaster, any emergency, you're on it. So thank you so much for keeping us safe and informed. I'm mad that you came and brought the storms with you, David. <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll try
1: to keep it to a minimum. This
0: I just need you to calm down. Okay, all right, calm down. All right. thank, you. thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for listening to Baytown Engage. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. Stay tuned.